Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. If you wanted to know about me, I've got a friend of mine sitting right over here. He's a board member, Charlie Pitts. Charlie, wave at him. This is Charlie. Charlie, Charlie and I have known each other for... How many years, Charlie? Close to 40? Close to 40 years. We knew each other at Lakewood. Um, He's one of our board members. Charlie uh, was an original member of very first service. He came. He didn't want to, but he came out of, uh, just out of, I I guilted him into it, and he came, and and then stayed with us, and it's been such such a huge help. If you wanted to know about me, you could ask Charlie, and Charlie could tell you some things. He's known me for a while. But if you really wanted to know about me, the person to ask would be who? Joy. Joy. Joy knows the real scoop, and she ain't telling. I've got leverage there. But no, it's uh, uh, Joy, who's lived with me and, and has known me and has grown with me. We've been, we've been married over 40 years, and so she knows me. If you want to know the Holy Spirit, the best one to describe the Holy Spirit is the one who knows him best, and that's Jesus. Jesus said this because he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. In Luke 4, he wrote and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. How many of you know that when Jesus came to earth, he, he put aside all of his heavenly and and his omniscience and everything, and he became a, a, a man like us. You know that, right? Because if, if, he, if he didn't become a man like us, he would not have been subject to temptation. But the Bible said he was tempted in all points like we are, but yet he was without sin. And so Jesus was actually anointed of the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized by John in the River Jordan, remember he came up out of the river and the Holy Spirit came down on him. That just wasn't a figurative thing. There was an anointing that took place. And Jesus actually went out into the wilderness. The Bible said he returned in the power of the Spirit. And so Jesus, if anybody knows the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus. And so Jesus is talking about him to his disciples whom he knows better than anybody else. And so this is the group that has stayed with him. These these are the last words in effect before he goes to the cross. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's introducing them to the Holy Spirit and what his role is. This is one reason we've been on this for so long because Jesus knows him better than anyone. And Jesus is now describing him to the disciples and telling them about what his role, the Holy Spirit's role will be in their life because the objective for the disciples is they weren't just hanging out with Jesus for three and a half years. They weren't just doing life together. That sounds great, but there was a purpose behind it. The purpose behind it was Jesus was getting these guys ready to take his message of salvation in the gospel all over the world. That was the purpose. And so when they were together, he's training them. He's working with them. He's teaching them. He's correcting them. And then he's telling them, I'm going to go. And they're like, no, you can't go. And he's like, well, you don't understand this. I've got to go. And he begins to tell them what the Holy Spirit's role will be in their life. So let's read a little bit. I I won't just to, I I won't spend much time on this, but I, I felt like I needed to hit this one part just again. The Holy Spirit would be unnecessary to help them. John 16 
verses 7 and 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage, this is Jesus talking, that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him, a person, to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So let's look at, just again, we talk about the Holy Spirit would step in. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And the Holy Spirit would step in and continue to help the disciples. But uh, he would be necessary to help convince the world of sin. We talked a little bit about this last week. Convince the world of sin that when we say convict, he's not condemning the world. He is not, the Holy Spirit's role is not to make you feel bad. He is convincing the world of sin. Oh, I need a savior. Oh, I need help. I was thinking about this, and I wanted to reiterate this point. I, I mentioned a story last week about a, a remember we telling about a guy who, uh, early in our early days in the church, we were over in the uh, the roller rink, and there was a big big guy who was a, he was a construction guy, just a big. I mean, just he looked like he could easily bench press me, and uh, he he had been he had dealt with alcoholism, and the Lord had really helped him, and he'd been he'd been free from it for a while. And I'm shaking hands at, uh, at the door. This is, we were small enough, and I could shake everybody's hand uh, on the way out. I had some interesting conversations. And uh, I shook his hand, and he burst into tears. And this big old guy is just, he's crying. And he's like, I, he's, like, he's like, I've been doing so good. And he said, in, th in this past week, I, 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 I was drinking. And uh, I, don't, I don't even know if he'd gotten drunk, but I, I think he'd, he drank more than one beer and had some, had some beers, and he'd been an alcoholic. And he's crying. He's boohooing. And I remember I looked at him and I went, well, praise God, which was not what he thought he would hear. And I, I just encouraged him. I said, you know, it never bothered you before. You, you love the Lord. Now, now, what was it? It was his own heart that was condemning him. And so the idea was, though, that I, I comforted him. We talked, we prayed, and, 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 and he did better. But here's the thought. If the Holy Spirit's job was to make that man feel bad, then I worked against him. Right? I would have been wrong in comforting him. And I think sometimes this is where people have had bad experiences in church and bad experiences with preacher. He'd come up to me and said, you know, Pastor, I was drinking some beers. And I said, you sorry dog. I cannot believe that you would do something like that. After all this, and we prayed for you, and you've been free for such a long time. How many of you know that ain't going to help anybody? And so the Holy Spirit's role, and he's working through me as a pastor, his, my role was just to comfort him and encourage him and get him on the right track again. How many times, oh my gosh, how many times have, have especially young Christians made a mistake and other Christians just pounded them and made them feel horrible and they drop out of church or they, they drop out because they feel like I can't live this life. Listen, if you know people like that, you ought to reach out to them and just tell them, well, you know, I made a mistake. You're like, welcome to the club. Everybody makes mistakes. But guess what? The Holy Spirit's role is not to keep you founded, just grounded in your mistake. It's to help you get out and to bring you out again. This, this has been one of the messages of our church for a long time. We don't care where you've been or what you've done. Come on in here, give your heart to God. He can help you live this life. And the Holy Spirit's the one who can strengthen you to do it. It's, it's not to make you feel bad. 
I, as soon as I was re reading this, this, this came up in my heart. So it, it, like I said, the Holy Spirit's a teacher. Remember when Peter was in the boat, one of his first encounters with Jesus? Peter fished all night, caught nothing. And Jesus comes and says, hey, can I borrow your boat? And he borrowed the boat. And, he, uh, and Jesus preached a whole message from the boat. Peter held the boat. After it was over, Jesus said, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Peter looked at Jesus and went, Lord, we, we have been, whew, we've been fishing all night and I've been sitting here through your whole sermon. And now you want me to launch out into the deep? He said, he said but nevertheless, Lord, that's your word, I will. And he went out and they threw the nets out. Remember that? They caught so many fish, the boats began to sink. Jesus almost sank two fishing boats. Aren't you glad Jesus believes more in abundance than most folks? So that's abundance. Just thought I'd share that. <laughs> See if he wanted to back me on that one again, but that's abundance. But here's, here's the, and, and this is the great part. When Peter saw that catch of fish, remember Peter falls at, at Jesus' knees and, said, and says, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. You know, Jesus didn't look at him and go, boy, you got that right, Peter. You are one sorry dog is what you are. But here's what's interesting. Peter listened to a whole message and never looked at Jesus and went, depart from me. But Romans 2.4 uh, said, it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. When, when, man, you find out how good God is, that's why we don't have to condemn people. The message is, listen, if you've been living, you're, you're up to your eyeballs in sin. Don't try to get cleaned up before you come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Let him make you a new creation in Christ and then help you live. It's, and then he can do some amazing things. When Peter, when Peter saw the goodness of God, he, he had a, a sense of his own sinfulness. He said, depart from me. And Jesus didn't go, well, you are sorry. Jesus said, I got something better for you, Peter. He said, don't be afraid. He said, from now on, you're going to catch men, fishers of men. The Holy Spirit's role is not to condemn you and make you feel bad. It's to convince you of sin, but then help you get out and help you recover. He's to convince of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Righteousness being in right standing with God. Convince of, uh, of judgment because Satan, the ruler of this world, is judged. And I, I thought... I thought that's interesting. He convinces of judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, is judged. But Satan is always lying to people, telling them how powerful he is. And the Holy Spirit's always reminding us, no, he's defeated and he's not your Lord. And so that's, that's his role. Now, Jesus continues to talk. And let's, let's go on. He was not finished teaching about the Holy Spirit. So let's read a little bit further in John 16 verses. Let's see where we got. 12 through 15. Jesus is talking. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So let's talk a little bit about what the Holy Spirit continues to do. Jesus, Jesus said something very interesting. He said, uh, he said, I got a lot of things to tell you guys. He said, but you can't hear them now. You know, that's still, you know, that's still the truth. There are still things, if, if you ever noticed, sometimes you, you're getting ready to talk to somebody and you know they can't take that yet. And so we always have to be sensitive about what people can handle and what they can hear. But Jesus said, I got a lot of stuff to tell you guys. He said, you're not ready for that. He hadn't gone to the cross. 
He, had, he hadn't been raised from the dead. They weren't new creations. There's a lot of things they, they just weren't ready for yet. He said, but when the spirit of truth has come, he will do this. He will continue to help you. He will guide you into all truth. And I love the word guide. That guide means to lead the way. In other words, he won't force you. God will never force you to do anything. People say, well, I know the Lord just made me do it. No, 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 no. The Lord doesn't force. He leads, we have to follow. He guides, we have to follow. He leads the way. We, listen, if he was going to force people, he would force people to get saved. That's the most important thing, but that's a choice. We all have a free choice. And so he said he will guide you into all truth. And so we have to be willing to be guided, and we have to understand how his guidance comes. Now here's this, and I'm going to probably get into this a little bit more next week, but here's some way to, for guidance comes. Number one is through God's Word. This is one reason we encourage people to read scriptures because that's the number one way you're going to be guided is through his word. Number two, you can get messages from ministries and you can have, people can, words from one another. The Holy Spirit can use other people. We were in the roller rink a number of years ago and we ran out of room. We built it so that, um, we built it inside the roller rink and we built the walls and we started, we started having um, uh, problems with too many people. And we were just sitting there just pondering, wondering what in the world we do. I'll never forget, there, there was a lady who was just there and she was up volunteering. And uh, she was, she was, she was, uh, she could be challenging at times. And uh, she, she just spoke up. She said, why don't you just knock the walls out and add some extra chairs? And as soon as she said it, I went, oh my Lord, that's God right there. I said, Lord, did you have to use her? I mean, this is humbling, right? <laughs> But as soon as I heard it, I went, that's the answer. And, and that, was, that, that was important. And uh, we were able to, boy, we did. We knocked the walls out and moved everything back and, and made some adjustments. But that's, his spirit was guiding us. And then also with, with the Holy Spirit is going to communicate with your heart. I, um, I was raised Baptist uh, and then uh, went to Lakewood Church. Lakewood wasn't Baptist Church. Pastor Osteen, John Osteen was Baptist had a Baptist background until he got filled with the Spirit and the Baptist booted him. And so he, he started Lakewood, uh, actually he started Lakewood Baptist Church and the storm blew the word Baptist away and they thought that was a sign of God so they left it alone. <laughs> but he was, uh, uh, he was Baptist so he was still of, of the generation of altar call. And I don't even know what I mean when I, I talk about altar call. Altar call is you give an invitation and then people w would get up and they would come down to, to the front, and uh, Billy Graham probably made it as, as, as popular as anybody. Have you ever seen a Billy Graham crusade? If you haven't, you ought to YouTube, it's fascinating. And Billy Graham could preach for 20 minutes and give an altar call, and they would flood down to the front. And he would get them, people would come down. You say, anything wrong with altar calls? No, nothing wrong with altar calls. But I, I remember uh, going to a, a church. We were, man, we were young, we were just getting started. I was talking with another pastor, and I noticed he did something different. And he did, he did a, uh, what he called just a, a yes decision. And he would just have people raise their hands, acknowledge, and then he would lead them in a, in a prayer. And then they had a yes card that they filled out. That, that's where I stole that idea. But I was thinking because of my background, because of my Baptist background, I thought that to be saved that you had to walk an aisle. But then I begin to look in the scriptures. Now, what am, I, what am I saying is the Holy Spirit will guide you into truth. 
as I'm looking through scriptures, I can't find where you have to walk an aisle. And you say, well, you need to make a public profession. A public profession of faith, the best public profession of faith is water baptism. That's the best public, because you have to do it publicly. You cannot baptize yourself. That's called taking a bath. <laughs> you have to do it publicly. And someone, it's, it's someone has to baptize you, a profession of faith. If you'll notice in other cultures, a lot of times in India, they will change their names when they get baptized. And in other cultures, sometimes that's, that's when actually families disown believers is when they're baptized. So baptism is the public profession of faith. We still do water baptisms. We'll continue to do water baptisms. But, I, but, I, but what, what am I talking about here? The Holy Spirit guided me into the idea that we could, we could give people an opportunity to make a decision without them making a, having to make a decision to come down here. Because here's what happens with an altar call. People are making two decisions. What am I going to do about Jesus? And do I have the guts to get up and come down to the, to the front? And so they were making two, two decisions. And I thought, well, I, I looked in the scriptures, but again, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. I finally came to, to a realization, we don't have to do this. We can just begin to do, the, the, the people can raise their hand. I think it's good to acknowledge that. That's a good step. But here's what happened. As soon as we instituted that, our decisions tripled. Decisions for Christ tripled. And so, was that Alan being smart? No, that's Alan being led. And so now, because I've, I've actually had people tell me, I ain't walking no aisle. I'll make, I'll make Jesus my Lord, but I'm not walking an aisle. And I realize walking an aisle is not synonymous with salvation. Receiving Jesus is something you can do sitting right in your chair. And then your public profession is to get baptized. If you've never been water baptized, I encourage you to do it. So I haven't been baptized. Am I going to hell? No, 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 no. Baptism only is, it shows on the outside what God's done for you on the inside. It's a great landmark in your life, but it doesn't save you. Receiving Christ saves you. That's how you get saved, not baptism. People get all wrapped around the axle with baptism. It's like, they're like, you got to get baptized in Jesus' name. No, you have to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm like, dunk them and go. <laughs> It, it's, not, it, it's not so much semantics, and we get caught up too much with that. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He did that in the, uh, we see it in the book of Acts, where he did that for Peter. Peter, they had a big discussion, big problem. When Jesus left his disciples, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, all the world to them was only Jewish people. And they did not, the early church was not going to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Gentiles is what most of you are. That means you have no Jewish background whatsoever. I am a Samaritan. <laughs> I'm half Jewish. I'm a Samaritan. So it's, it, and, and they would go into Samaria, but they would not go to the, they would not go to the, to the Gentiles. They wouldn't preach the gospel to the Gentiles. So Peter is on a roof one day. He gets hungry. He's in another city. He's on a roof. He gets, he gets hungry, he's getting ready to eat, and he has a vision. The Lord drops a sheet down, and, and then the sheet opens up, and there's all these animals in there. Some of them are unclean animals, Jewish law, unclean. And the Lord said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, nope, Lord. He said, I've never eaten anything uncommon or unclean. The Lord said, what I've cleansed, don't you call common. And he did that three times. 
And then the sheet goes back up in heaven, and Peter's like wondering, what in the world? And he's wondering about what in the world God's trying to show him. And the Lord had, had sent her, an angel to talk to a guy named Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion. Now let's pick up reading here in Acts. Peter's now explaining to, to the Jews what happened because they called him on the carpet. He said, then the Spirit, this is Peter talking, he said, then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, told me to go with these men. There were three men that had, had, had come to ask for Peter. Doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. We entered the man's house, Cornelius' house, and he told us how he'd seen an angel standing in his house who said, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. He said, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I, then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus, who was I that I could withstand God? And when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. That is so important because they made that, they made that change. They were only preaching to Jewish people. They might go to Samaritans, but only Jewish people. And the Holy Spirit had to guide them. So what did he do? Gave Peter a vision. Peter had a vision. He sent people to Peter. And they brought them to the Gentiles. Man, when the Gentiles were so excited and Peter began to preach and the, and the Holy Spirit fell on them, they baptized. So you hear Peter say, and the Spirit told me to go. And, the, and then he said, and I remembered the words of Jesus. Remember we talked a couple of weeks ago about how the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance what Jesus has said. He brings to your remembrance God's word so we can see him all in this. He tells, he gives Peter a vision. He tells Peter to go with these guys. When Peter goes, he remembers. Then the scripture comes and like, oh yeah, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then it got, it got them to a place where they said, oh, I guess God wants to save the Gentiles too. Thank God he got them there or we've been in trouble. And so you see the Holy Spirit guiding them into all truth. The next thing he said is he will show you things to come. And he is the spirit of the living God and he knows the future. The Holy Spirit will reveal the future concerning you. Now this is when it gets, I want to tell you something guys, this gets good. You talk about people wanting to know the future. I don't, I don't know if they still have it, but I know, I know that years ago the psychic Psychic hotlines was, was a multi-billion dollar industry. People wanting to know the future. People going to psychics. People going to fortune tellers. People wanting to know the future. And Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will help you with that. He will show you things to come. Things regarding God's plan for your life. I was traveling down I-45 going south. It was December 1995. And I crossed over, as I crossed over loop 336, it just dropped in my heart and I knew we were supposed to start a church in Conroe. I can tell you where I was, right on the highway. Zipping down the highway. As soon as we crossed, I just knew in my heart, I knew. What did he do? He showed me something to come. We'd been praying about Switzerland. Conroe? Switzerland. Conroe, Conroe wasn't even in our thinking. We weren't even thinking about Conroe. We were thinking about Switzerland. I was trying to go somewhere else. 
as soon as I crossed over that, it, it just dropped in me. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit showing me things to come. He can show you things to come regarding he, things regarding um, God's plan for you. He can prepare you for things to come regarding things in your life. Joy was, uh, Joy's dad, her biological father, left her when she was six weeks old. And uh, she was in a single parent home until she was seven. And uh, a, a man named Del Todd came and uh, married her mom. Dale looked like John Wayne. He, really, he was a dead ringer for John Wayne. He would get stopped in airports uh, because they thought he was John Wayne. About 6'4", big guy. He was a uh, Miami Vice policeman. And uh, not Don Johnson. He was Miami. He just wasn't the glamorous Miami Vice, but he was a racket. Actually, he was in rackets and frauds. And so he was, he was a tough cop. You should have seen the look he gave me when I came to, to, to meet the family for the very first time. A man could make you sweat. And, um, but he never, he never received the Lord. He would, Joy would talk to him, and he loved Joy. Joy was so special to him, and she would talk to him, and he, man, he would just, he liked Joy. You know, that's wonderful. You pray for He would say, you pray for me, Joy. You pray for me. And she talked to him, man. She got nowhere with it. Well, we fast forward, and... Uh, Let's see, Joy was, Michael had just been born, so it was close to 30 years ago. And it was a Christmas Eve service. We didn't have the church. We were at, uh, we were at another church, and they had a candle lighting service. And you would light a candle, and, and this is before we went to, like, LED. And uh, <laughs> Joy said that she, she lit her candle, and as she turned and lit her, her father's candle, she said it, it just dropped in her just really strong. Not a voice, just a knowing. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. And she said she knew in an instant that Dell was going to die. We didn't know anything. We, we had no other knowledge. We had no reason. He's still this big strapping man. And a couple of months later, they came and sat in, in, our, in our kitchen and told us that he had, he had cancer. And, uh, and so Joy is thinking, well, I, the Lord showed me he's going to die. But he said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. He wasn't a saint. He was still an ain't. He wasn't, he wasn't, he, he wasn't a believer. <laughs> and so um, she held on to that. And so the, the beautiful thing about it is Joy was sick. She was dealing with the, uh, the, the pancreatitis. He was, he was staying with us for a while, and he was, he was on, the, on the sofa one day resting as he was going downhill so quick. And Joy said she'd never forget. She said, she said three little children, Matt and Christina and then little Michael, an infant. She said everything got quiet, which is rare, you know, in a household with three kids. Everything was quiet. And she looked at her, at Dale, and she said, Dad, you, you need to pray with me. He shook his head. No. He said, Joy, you pray for me. I remember she, she looked at him. She got straight up with him. She said, no. She said, Dad, you have to pray. And he said, okay. 
just this once. All right? Because once is all you need. <laughs> and sure enough, he prayed. And prayed the, prayed the prayer that we pray very similar to what we pray in here and confessed Jesus as his Lord. We're like, oh, thank God. And within a, a few months, he was gone. Joy's mom was Catholic at the time. A priest came in to do the last rites. And the priest told Joy's mom, she said, you know, I've never seen a man more peaceful when he's getting ready to go than Dell. It was close, but he made it in. Precious in the sight of the Lord. But the Holy Spirit, Joy is not psychic. I'm going to say, are you psychic? No, she's not psychic. The Holy Spirit can tell you things to come. He can prepare you for things that are happening. He can tell you things before, before they happen. He knows the future, guys, like we know the past. And he can tell you things to come. What? You talk about a valuable help. The, the, the steps we made, to having this church, buying this land, building these buildings. We, we say it's part of our values. We want to be led by the Spirit. So next week, I'm going to actually talk about, because I've been talking a lot about what the Holy Spirit can do, and I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but how come he doesn't do this for me? And why, why am I not getting this? And why, why can't I? So I want to talk next week about how you can, you can hear him better and how he can be more real to you and more helpful to you. What a help that he prepares us for things to come. Joy said when she was, uh, she didn't know what was going on in her body. One time she was, she was driving to the medical center and the Lord, again, the Holy Spirit gave her a scripture and said, he said, I prepared you with strength for the battle. And she said, what battle? And we found out she had acute chronic pancreatitis. He knows what's coming. And boy, isn't that a help when you know things ahead of time. That's such a blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace to us. Father, thank you that you sent us a helper who knows the future, who knows your plan for us and can reveal that to us in just such a wonderful, pure, simple way. Thank you for that. Thank you, Father, that everyone who knows you, everyone who's made Jesus their Lord has the capacity to have the Holy Spirit minister this life and guide and teach and show them things to come. Thank you for that wonderful promise that we have in you. What a great gift. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. This evening, if you're here and you say, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't know that I've ever done what you were talking about. I don't know that I've ever made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe you're watching online. You say, I've never done this. Or maybe you did it kind of like I was, and then you, you kind of got away from God. Not kind of, you just did. And you're sitting out there going, you know what, I know I'm away from God. Will he take me back? The answer is a resounding yes, absolutely. We're going to say a prayer. And if you want to get in on this prayer, we don't have you. We don't do altar calls. We don't have you come to the front. But if you want in on this prayer, I'm going to ask you just simply to do one thing. If you're saying, Alan, that's me, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just real quickly in this auditorium and say, that's me? Would you pray? Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. God. Got it. You can put your hands down. Thank you for your courage. <clears throat> Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can still get in on this. I would encourage you, to, we're going to pray it out loud. If you're watching online, pray it out loud. If you're by yourself, if you're with somebody else, you pray it quietly, but, but, but pray it. And we're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. 
I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Now, the heads are still bowed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. And Father, thank you for those that can have the confidence on the inside knowing that you love them, care for them, you'll help them and guide them every step of the way. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.